The state of flow. Everybody wants to get there. It's a state of mind and a state of being. When a business is in flow, they're focused on one goal, delighting the customer, and their different teams are working in harmony to achieve it. I'm John Spencer, head of product for the technology industry at ServiceNow, and welcome to Everything is a Service Flow. Our guest today is George Humphreys from TSIA, and he's been part of the research team studying digital transformation in tech companies. I found their work documented the common challenges faced and solutions that are working for companies, enlightening, and I think you will too. George is the Vice President and Managing Director of Service and Delivery Research and Advisory at TSIA. George also directly supports the managed services and access to service research practices. George, I want to welcome to the podcast. It's been fantastic getting connected again. It's been a few years. We first got together when I started at ServiceNow almost five years ago to talk about what was going on in uh, TSIA and the managed services land. Awesome to be back together. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, John. I, I remember a couple of years ago when you and I started to talk, I, I was in the managed services organization or I ran the managed services practice. And we were talking about a lot of the trends in managed services at the time. And those have really made their way into the entire technology industry, uh, a lot of service centric transformation. So thanks for having me. It's great to catch up again. Recently, we've been uh, I've been reading Digital Hesitation, the new book from uh, TSIA, and I've really enjoyed it. I know you're a big contributor to that. I wanted to start with just making sure everybody understands who TSIA is and the unique perch that you guys have, and you know what uh, a little bit more detail about your role in that research. So TSIA is a for-profit research firm. We work with many of the world's largest technology organizations, and Basically, we help them get from bad to good and good to great in all of the different areas that we support them. Uh, and, and that might be areas like professional services, support field managed services, it might be things like service offer management, selling subscription solutions, or even X as a service product management. And at TSIA, I lead up what we call our services and delivery research practice. So most of those things I just mentioned are within my organization. And I've been here with TSIA for about 10 years. I started 10 years ago to start up their managed services research practice. And now I, I lead all of those different areas. A, a big part of my focus for all of TSIA research is also service technology. I know when I was first introduced to TSIA, it was really, you know, top tech companies, top big B2B tech companies. And it felt more like it was in the, the dozens of core members. And now it's hundreds and the practices have, I mean, what is there, 10 active research practices or somewhere about there? 10 active research practices. We're in the process of relaunching our subscription sales practice into a chief revenue office practice. So that's pretty exciting as well as more and more companies pivot towards subscription centric revenue streams, all this recurring revenue, they're really struggling with how to optimize that end-to-end -end revenue. So that's a new exciting area for us. All right. So with digital hesitation and what you guys were focusing on in that book, just really the, you know, the need for much, much more focus on digital transformation to just drive complexity out of tech, you know, in every interaction internally and externally across every department. And just the, the fact that, um, you know, digital transformation within the tech industry has a, still has a long way to go, you know, and how, you know, in documenting that, 
Can we start with just in general, how you guys are looking at digital transformation and then where you feel the tech industry is versus other industries? Because you would think that Cobbler's Children, like, you know, we should be way ahead as a tech industry in terms of digital transformation, but that's not always the case. So, you know, there's still some work to do. Yeah, we, we should be. But in the technology industry, we are obsessed with our own complexity. And that's why chapter two of the book is Complexity Kills. And so we just, we just can't get out of our own way. In one of our books, many years ago, we talked about the complexity avalanche. And if you wind back the clock 30 years, what happened in technology is we started to decompose systems. In other words, we separated software out of hardware and the software ate the complexity of hardware, which became even more complex. So services ate that complexity. And now what we're seeing is software come back in and eat the complexity of services and operations. And that's really the promise of digital transformation is to take things that were insanely complex and simplify them through digitization of them through software. That's not easy, though. <laughs> no, it's not easy. Uh, but I love that. Yeah. The software ate hardware and services came and ate software to make that simpler. Well, and that's too complicated. So now we're going to go back. We're going to use software to simplify everything, which actually makes sense. And yeah, I see us trying to do that ourselves internally. Yeah. You know, John, I was just reading some data the other day from one of our research practices. And it really struck me that right now the fastest growing revenue line in all of tech is professional services. It's outpacing the growth of the cloud. So cloud companies on average are growing about 26% year over year. Professional services over the past year and a half, 32% growth rate. And what does professional services exist for? It's not the rack and stack stuff we used to see with, with gear. It's all of the consultation. It's the design. It's the integration. As we move to uh, hybrid solutions and cloud-based solutions, it's getting more complex. It's not getting less complex. And so that's one of the biggest opportunities we have is we have to step back as technology providers and look at the complexity we've created and spend just as much time, if not more, designing how we eat away at that complexity. It's not about adding new features and functions to our products. It's about making it easier for our salespeople to sell it, our customers to consume it, our operators to operate it. Yeah, well said. In our last uh, podcast, we had Paul Phipps, who is uh, owns customer experience here at ServiceNow, and he talked about that as the the value gap, and that we're releasing a ton of innovation, going to the cloud, going to SaaS, going to Agile, has let us be in a position to deliver new capabilities every week, every day, in some cases. Uh, but our customers' ability to consume that um, has not fundamentally changed it's so you're just getting this bigger and bigger um what he's calling a value gap and i think tsia actually coined kind of that phrase of the value gap that's out there but yeah that's becoming a bigger and bigger problem um and we have to look at that just like we've looked at you know shelfware in the past that we would have talked about it's like all right like that that's it's got to stop we've got to simplify the offerings that's exactly right simple is better in fact i have a phrase that i use with our members, we call our customers members all the time. Uh, and, and it's triple S. If you're not triple S, you're doing something wrong. And triple S is simple, standard, scalable. Stop being in love with your complexity. Start thinking about simplicity. And I like the fact that you underscored that value. And it's really about time to value. We make 
all kinds of promises to our customers and the technology industry. Use our stuff and great things will happen. Is it easy to make that happen or is it hard? And how do you focus on making it easier to get value out of your solutions and really connect with the business objectives the customer has? That's the whole reason why they're buying your technology. So when you think about the, the most common challenges you guys are seeing in terms of the research of going after getting the complexity out of the system, out of all the different business units, like, you know, what, what are the top challenges that you're seeing across, across the board? Well, you know, not only do we love our complexity in tech, we love our silos. And most technology companies that we work with are extremely siloed and things are built in vacuums. So your product organization is a silo and they build their products in silos within that silo. And then you turn around and cross the chasm and go to services. And guess what? Services does the same thing. There's a professional services silo. There's a support services silo. There's a maybe a managed services silo. And then you step outside those offer portfolios, those products and services, and you've got internal complexity that's in silos. Your HR department operates separately from your IT department. That operates separately from your finance department. That operates separately from your sales department. Go on and on and on. And so that's the biggest challenge is we have all of these disparate parts that should be working in orchestration and no one over the past 30 years has taken the time to orchestrate how those things work together. That's a true digital transformation. Yeah, at ServiceNow, we've been calling that the messy middle. <laughs> and it's like, all right, what do you call all that complexity between, you know, my SaaS products work this way, my hybrid, my on-prem, plus all those different organizations and yeah. How actually could we orchestrate a great experience for either employees or our partners or our customers? Um, we just try to simplify that all under the messy middle and say, yeah, we, the, the, if we're going to improve experience, we're going to improve operations, we're going to improve resiliency. You got to go after that. And it's a lot of complexity that touches every corner of your organization, but you got to go after it to get to the end goal. If, if, if the end goal is to, to make an amazing consumer like experience, you gotta, you gotta go back to those core operational workflows and how the company's working together in all areas of the company. Yeah. What you just described the, the messy middle, I think that's a great way to put it. I visually pictured the Candyland game. Maybe you play with your kids. Maybe you played when you were little and there's the swamp of molasses that you do not want to get stuck in <laughs> because if you get there, you're going to lose the game. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about. It's this messy molasses swamp in the middle. Uh, and, and we do not spend enough time engineering our way out of that. And, and we should. For every dollar you spend on product development, you should be spending $2 on solving this problem. So as an industry, we've, uh, I think we, we've all gravitated towards understanding the power of platforms and needing to consolidate platforms to go faster. And you know, one of the things that you know, I loved and kind of one of the gems that's a little bit hidden in digital hesitation in the book is is the part you've defined about trying to put a name on this and the major components of like, what does that platform need to be? And um, you even use the phrase enterprise operating system as, as one part of it, which you know, we've used at ServiceNow here and there about our platform and workflows that connect different things or platform or platforms. Um, but uh, what I love to see is that you, 
took a shot at defining it and naming the different components and major capabilities that need to be invested in for the organization, um, which actually I think is a great step forward for for the industry because every company that I'm working with, I see them struggling to really define that and to put some numbers and justification around the investment. So what I think overall you're calling digital operations and customer experience platform. Um, just talk a little bit about the you know, first the name and, and why you're calling it that because it's a little bit of a mouthful, but I think it actually connotates exactly what needs to be put in place. And then we'll talk about the major components within there. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it is a mouthful. That's why I just call it the docs, the digital operations, customer experience platform. And, you know, the story behind what I wrote in Digital Hesitation about the DOCX really stemmed from Thomas Law and, and J.B. Wood, uh, our, our two brain trusts of TSIA. Uh, J.B.'s our CEO and Thomas is our executive director and head of research. And they're the primary authors of these books. We decided to write this book together with the research team. And we wrote the first 10 chapters. And it's all about what you have to do to digitally transform and, and where people get caught up in that swamp of molasses. And so I said to J.B. and to Thomas, I said, OK, listen, so if everyone reads this book, and they believe everything that we said, and they want to go do it, the question is going to be, where do we start? So how do we go do this? So I said, I, I'm going to go write a chapter. And, and I expanded it into a full uh, white paper, uh, the chapter itself. And, and it, it's really a prescription for how you go through and implement a digital transformation platform. Some people call it a platform of platforms. Like you mentioned, I call it the enterprise-wide operating system, or at least that's one critical layer of it that's not being built today. And the inspiration for me was something as simple as Mac OS or Windows, the operating system. That's an abstraction layer that's designed for humans that sits on top of really complicated technology and an and, and integration and orchestration of systems, how they work together. You got your central processing unit, your graphics processing unit, your random access memory, your storage, your networking, et cetera. Well, something has to pull all of that together. And so we mentioned these silos and this complexity. This is exactly what the DOCX is supposed to go solve using a highly digitized data analytics focused approach to it. It's all very possible, but it's also very difficult. And it's an area companies haven't invested deliberately in in the past. So we're talking about the creation of a new budget uh, for these organizations. So let's talk about the the major pieces. So when you're saying, okay, there needs to be an investment in this, you know, new digital transformation platform. Um, it's got to touch all areas of the company. Like, what what are those major capabilities that you see need need to be in the platform? There are four major modules, if you will, four major modular components of the DOCX. The good news is two of them already exist. A third somewhat exists because of the obsession of the DCX, digital customer experience. One of these modules partially exists, and I'll explain all of them. And then there's the enterprise-wide operating system that doesn't. So let's start with the ones that do exist. The first one is the complete offer portfolio. We have to think of that as a module. And that is all of the products and services that exist in a company today. You might have your networking product or your collaboration product or your security product. You may have all of your different service offers. I've mentioned many before, professional support and so on. 
all of those things work to a degree in isolation. They all have systems, service catalogs, databases, if you will, and they all speak data, but they don't speak the same language. So that's the first thing is to put a wrapper around all of those and think of them as a single portfolio that we need to start to orchestrate together. The second one I call the BOSS, the boss, which is business operations and support systems. Think of things like ServiceNow, Salesforce.com, Workday, finance systems like your ERP systems, your supply chain systems. All of these things, again, are critical for a business to operate and they operate in isolation. So we have to put a wrapper around those. So you've got your product portfolio with all of your services. You've got everything that's required to support the business. And those are the two, those are the two core modules. And then the next one is this EWAS, the enterprise-wide operating system, the underlying layer, which has to start with an API wrapper or what I like to call an API router. So all of those systems and products and services I mentioned before, they all speak data. And we have to have that data fed into a translator, if you will. The right amount of data at the right time from all those different systems in through this API router that then structures the data and feeds it into a data collection system. A data warehouse, if you will, not an unstructured data lake, but structure and purpose behind the data. And then that's supported by this analytics engine. This is where the magic starts to happen. All of those systems, whether people realize it or not, they're related. And everything that happens in every one of those systems and products and offers affects all of the other ones. So this is where the analytics engine has to create that ontology, if you will, the meaningful connections between all of those systems. And that layer needs to be supported by a data science team with analytics expertise, here's the big one, that understands the business. We see a lot of data analytics people that don't understand the business, or there are a lot of data analytics people, but again, they're stuck into the silos. They're not in a focal uh, centralized entity, if you will, for the whole company. And, and then, of course, the connectivity to all of those systems, the physical networking layer, if you will. That's the really critical one is the EWAS. The last one, which is also extremely important, is the abstraction layer. It's, it's this, I call it this EISA. It, it's the interface where all of your users will come into the system. This is how they will interact with every system in the DOCX. And it has to have this graphical abstraction layer that is purpose-built for each user. Users aren't just customers. They're channel partners. They're finance people. They're your sales organization. They're your systems engineers. They all need access to that data, maybe structured differently, maybe presented differently, but they all need access to it. And that layer should also provide the security, authentication, and accreditation of every user. And this is also where you can provide your e-bonding, if you will, into systems outside of your company. You're going to need data from outside your company to come in as well. So that's the simplest explanation <laughs> I could give you of the DOCX. Are we, uh, everybody's yeah. good now. Let's go yeah, build yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is perfect. Um, yeah. And, you know, and we've come up with a bunch of new acronyms and new names, which, you know, further simplifies things, right? I'm being sarcastic, obviously. But We, uh, we love acronyms in tech. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll link out to your paper, but the, the core concepts, and like you said, were um, you know, pulling together 
the core applications that are sitting across, you know, all of the you know sales operations as well as technology operations of the company, and you know, putting a, a security layer on top and under the bottom, making sure you've got the APIs so that everybody can get to it and see the operational data of like how the business is performing, you know, and what that experience looks like to the customer. And just you know, makes a lot of sense, and we see, um, I, I see a ton of our customers trying to get there, you know, and exactly what you've articulated everybody calls it something differently so so I, i'm i'm hoping that that tsia stepping in and you know at least you know you putting it down on paper brings some clarity to the conversations and here's the you know kind of functional architecture we're shooting for everybody's will look slightly different but these are the major components and and if you if you're not investing in one of the areas you're going to have some gaps in being successful um yeah cuz i just I, I i i see um very similar looking architectures coming out from all of our big customers. Um, they're all calling it slightly different. They're all trying to justify more investment, um, which is probably kind of the next, you know, next question about like, where are you seeing, you know, the most success in terms of, you know, naming this, putting a strategic initiative around it within, within your customers, you know, that are, or your members, I should say, they're not your customers or your member firms that you're working with. Yeah, what what a great question. So everything we just talked about, it sounds really hard. And it is. It's very technically difficult, but but in comparison to the real hard part, that's easy. The architecture is the easy part. What's hard is cultural transformation, deliberate steering by the highest executives in the company towards this compelling experience. And the first thing I use to talk about how this is possible, types of companies that are doing this, these are companies that compulsively obsess over the experience of the customer. Think about companies like Apple, Disney, McDonald's, um, you know, let's give you another one. AWS is another one. Carvana is another one. They spend a ton of time thinking about how they make it easier to do business with them. And it doesn't matter if you're a customer, a channel partner, or an employee within the organization. They are obsessed over the complete experience. The second thing that they have in common is they also obsess over hunting down and destroying complexity anywhere it exists in the business. Complexity gets in the way of experiences. It also gets in the way of profits for these organizations. So look at Apple again, one of the most profitable companies in the world. Uh, who happens to focus obsessively on both of those. And so that's really the key is the cultural transformation with the centralized organization that is supported directly by the CEO that has the charter for driving the experience and all of the operational orchestration to ensure the integrity of the experience. And so that's really key. And, and we do have members that are doing this companies we work with, and I have to tell you, the one that I'm probably the most impressed with is uh, NTT. And I've been working personally with them. I spend about half of my time doing as a service and digital transformation initiatives with our members, two of the most complicated transformations that technology companies will ever go through. And I swear I spend about half my time. And uh, I, I remember five years ago, five, six years ago, I flew to almost every continent. I didn't go to Antarctica, but I flew to every other continent where NTT had operations and I examined all of their capabilities and made a prescription for how they start to bring it all together. 
And here we are many years later, uh, as they've gone through that transformation of bringing those disparate entities all together for a single orchestrated global service operation. And, and when I prescribed it, we didn't have a DOCX in mind. Uh, but Dilip Kumar over there at, at NTT, he started working in the digital transformation office on how you digitally integrate all these solutions. I didn't even know that that's one of the things Dilip was up to. And when I published the docs paper, I sat down with Dilip and shared it with him. He goes, wow, that's really interesting. Look at this. And he shared an architecture that NTT has that looks almost identical. We had not spoken at all about it. So the key is, is people that are spending a lot of time thinking about this are coming to similar conclusions and they are doing it. I, I spent time in Australia several years ago before the pandemic with Telstra on their service centric transformation. And they are doing the same exact thing. They realize that it requires a foundational platform, an orchestration, orchestration platform that every other system, offer, et cetera, needs to plug into. That's the key to driving both a successful as a service transformation and a successful digital transformation. I love that example. And uh, yeah, Dilip and his team showed me the same same slide deck probably, you know, several years ago and uh, where they're trying to get to. And it was actually, it was one of the first visualizations of the actual complexity. I think like slide number one is a map of all of the different ITSM systems, all the different CRM systems, all of the different backend operations. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like the, the complexity that they're dealing with and then to you know have the mantra of we're going to be one NTT, uh, which is a very common mantra for for every technology company right now, um, it just shows the reality. And it's going to be a phased approach that's going to take multiple years, but you, you don't have a choice. I mean, that that's where you have to get to. That's exactly right, John. John that's probably the most important thing out of this entire conversation you just said is customers or companies don't have a choice. This is something you have to do and it's going to be hard. I can't tell you how many companies I meet with and talk about this architecture and they say, I agree with you. It's right, but it's so hard. You have no idea how hard it is at this company X, Y, and Z. And we have so many different organizations and so many different executives. This is why this is a C-level initiative that they have to drive from the top down. You know, Bill McDermott, when he was uh, at a keynote of one of our conferences last spring, not this, not this year, but the year before, um, he said something that really struck me, which is uh, ServiceNow is all about eliminating soul sucking work. That was actually one of the core inspirations for me to go write this paper. I was like, that's it. Bill hit it on the head. It's about hunting down and destroying soul sucking work, work for our customers, work for our employees. And, and that's, but it's hard. And that's how you know it's the right thing to do. Like I, I talk to my kids all the time, teenagers, and when they're faced with hard decisions, I say, you know, how do you know what the right thing is to do in that situation? They're like, well, I don't know. It's really, I'm like, no, it's really simple. The hard thing. That's the right thing to do. Go do the hard thing. I love that. I'm going to use that this weekend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> parenting. <laughs> All right. I didn't know I was going to get any parenting advice in this show, but that's, that's uh, fantastic. Thank you. Bill, um, Bill's been an inspiration to all of us since he's come to service now. Um, and yeah, his focus from day one was simplicity. It was like simple is elegant and simple is fast. We have to drive simplicity into our business um, and have to enable our customers with our technology 
to, to build in simplicity to what they're doing. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a extremely powerful word that, yeah, oftentimes it's overlooked and not the priority of when you're making decisions because it's, it's much more complicated to make a simple product, simple to use capability um, or process. All right. So with that, I really have enjoyed our conversation, George. Uh, and I want, uh, we'll, we'll put within the show notes links to you know, your recent publications um, in the digital hesitation book that we talked about. But yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much. And any kind of closing remarks you have uh, that you want to uh, say? Yeah. Well, first, thank you as well. It's a privilege to get to work with ServiceNow. I'm, I am a huge ServiceNow fan. Uh, you're not the only provider of this type of a solution out there, but, but definitely one of my favorites and one I see more and more companies gravitate towards. And the reason they do is because you make it simple, you make it standard and you make it scalable. And it's back to that triple S that we talked about. That's what every organization has to think about. You have to start to hate your complexity and, and think obsessively about simplicity and standardization because that's the only way you're going to scale your business. Thank you. And yeah, one of the things I, I want to promote, if, if you're not involved in TSIA or have been going through the research, it really is a unique perch. The TSIA has been, you know, was member founded and they're getting detailed information about different processes and how to improve and what's working and best practices. It's like, it's, it's to me, it's been an invaluable source of information for when I'm making decisions in my day-to-day job about what we should be focused on, what we should be working on, who are those customers we should be learning from. Um, TSA has been a trans- tremendous resource for me personally. And, you know, so if, if you're not familiar or engaged with TSIA, you know, I definitely would encourage that. Well, thanks, John. I think of it this way, um, and I'll end on my side with a quote from one of my favorite speakers, Tony Robbins. And Tony said, success leaves clues. And the most successful people in the world, they follow the clues of the successful people before them. And that's all we do is we look for the successful clues that organizations have left and play them back to the people that want to be successful. I love that. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks again to George. Love that their team is doing research and digital transformation in the tech industry. We still have a long way to go overall, but research documenting what's working and what's not from peers is always invaluable to have. Looking forward to more research that documents further wins and return on investment and more around the DocX concept. In the show notes, there are links to both the Digital Hesitation book and George's white paper on the digital operations and customer experience platform. X as a Service Flow is brought to you by ServiceNow. I'm John Spencer. Thanks for listening. Thank you.